As always, Tyler Hunt here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. Plenty to get to on today's show. Of course, it's been probably two weeks since we've had a podcast. And the reason why, well, we'll get into that in a little bit and kind of talk about the future of this podcast, explain some things that have been going on at Bucky's fifth quarter, and uh, give you guys kind of an outlook for the future because there has been some shuffling behind the scenes. And uh, we'll kind of give you guys a lowdown of what that was and everything. Um, but in addition to that, we've also got plenty of stuff to get to. Um, last week I was traveling while also figuring some things out uh, behind the scenes. So it was just a busy week for me. Hard to sit down. Believe it or not, this podcast does take a little bit of time to do. So I wanted to make sure to wait and, and do other responsibilities as I needed to. But with fall camp getting underway, a lot more news coming out. A lot more quickly now as we get closer to the season, I wanted to make sure and get you guys an episode for this week and kind of give you guys a rundown of what's been going on, not leave you just kind of wondering what has happened to the podcast. So we'll get into all sorts of camp chatter. Um, We've got plenty to discuss, Um, news stories, some offensive line shuffling around, some injury updates, the unfortunate news of fall camp is you get plenty of those, um, and a few other things to get you guys started. But as I mentioned at the top, We'll go ahead and get what's going on with the podcast out of the way first, and we'll get into the podcast itself. So um, for those of you who have followed the podcast for a while, um, of course, it had been previously, there were you know, Jake and Owen doing it. Um, Matt and myself took it over years ago now, um, and of course, Matt went on to a new venture. So I've been doing it solo here uh, since then, um, while also writing for the website, um, and in doing some stuff over um, there via via writing, um, of course, Drew was our site manager over there at B5Q. He moved on to do his own thing, um, and for the last week or so, I've been talking with SB, SB Nation about taking over as the site manager. Um, so essentially, what that means is, you know, be doing more writing, a little bit more editing, a little bit more managing of the staff, and you know, you know, making sure stuff's going up, making sure it looks right, making sure stuff's written. Um, stuff like that. So with that, it's going to take a little bit more time uh, to manage some of that stuff, especially as we get into the busy time of year, which is college football season. So with that, the podcast, how it's going to go moving forward is still kind of up in the air. Um, I I think my main responsibilities and main duties are going to be to the website and, and editing stuff, making sure, you know, that's how B5Q started, which was, you know, was the writing, was the publishing, was getting stuff up on the website and the podcast is kind of a not a secondary thing but an add-on to the site so I still hope that we can manage and do both and we're still kind of figuring out a plan of how we do both um, and, and make sure everything gets covered but you know we are a little I don't want to say short-staffed here at Bucky's fifth quarter but you know you have two two people that did a lot of content and, and moving on and, and some reshuffling some things are going to change so 
bear with us as we move through that. But I am excited to be taking over as, as site manager there. How it will change things, I'm just not quite sure right now. Um, but it probably will be different. We'll still, I, I still hope to do you know a regular two episodes a week when we get into football season. Will it just be me talking? Will it be me and someone else? Will it be you know, someone else and not me? We, we don't know right, right now, but we're working that out uh, as we see fit. And since <laughs> I'm now the, the site manager and podcast manager, we're just going to do uh, what I think is best and, and keep it on rolling. But uh, I just want to say thank you guys for supporting everyone uh, at the website via the podcast. However you decide to take in your B5Q content, we really appreciate it. And I hope to keep this ship steering in the right direction. I know it's kind of been a little different over the last couple of weeks, but I hope that we'll get into some smooth sailing here soon, especially as we kind of get into a routine of football season with things kind of starting to get going. Um, but enough with that, the more important talk, which is some football stuff. So before we get into the on the field stuff for Wisconsin, we do have a commitment that we didn't talk about on the podcast last time. So I want to go ahead and get you guys caught up on that before we hop into what we've seen on the practice field. So last week, Wisconsin picked up a 2023 preferred walk-on commitment from defensive lineman Will McDonald. And that comes after a couple tough weeks on the recruiting trail for the Badgers. They had you know those tough losses that we talked about on the show with Tackett Curtis. You had a couple other tough you know blows on the recruiting trail. And this one, I think, was a really nice pickup for Wisconsin moving forward. Now, as I mentioned, he's going to be a preferred walk-on um, from the state of Wisconsin, he's out of Hudson, Wisconsin. And if you think that name and, and city in Wisconsin sounds familiar, it's because Cade McDonald, his brother, is currently a defensive lineman for the Badgers. So Will McDonald will be joining him as a preferred walk-on in Madison next fall. And I think this is a really big get for Wisconsin. And why? He, well, A, he's the number two ranked player in the state of Wisconsin in terms of recruiting rankings by 247 Sports. And you're getting him as a preferred walk-on. You're not tying up a scholarship. And that's not to say that he won't eventually be a player that could blossom into a scholarship player. But for right now, that doesn't tie up a scholarship spot, even though he had multiple offers to go play at other schools under a scholarship. He held offers from Kansas, Iowa State, Kent State, Akron, and Army, as well as FCS, Powerhouse, North Dakota State. So Will McDonald very well, well could have said, hey, I'm going to go play at Iowa State and have my schooling paid for and decided, you know what, instead, I'm going to stay home, not be on scholarship, but take my opportunity to play for the Badgers. And when you have those situations, I think usually it, it works out really well for the player in the future. Hopefully he blossoms into a kid that gets on scholarship and, and hopefully he, he's hungry to come to Madison and prove himself at the next level and earn that scholarship moving forward. But you know there, there are times where... A kid just really wants to play for his home state and will come to Madison and, and hopefully put on a show and, and become a scholarship player. But when you're winning walk, you know, when you're getting walk-ons that could go play, you know, Division I, you know, Power Five conference football for another school on scholarship, that, that just shows you that, you know, the kid is really wanting to be at your school and hopefully that will uh, blossom into something that's that's good for both parties. So, in terms of him as a player, very athletic kid, stands six foot four, two hundred thirty-five pounds, um, an All-American lacrosse player as well. So very athletic, very mobile, really good off the off the line, and has a nice little burst there on the defensive line. So again, a really nice pickups, uh, really nice pickup for the Badgers. And once again, you see the family ties run very deep. You've got 
you know, multiple brothers that have played for Wisconsin throughout the years. The McDonald's are now the next line um, and brothers joining up at the University of Madison. So exciting get for Wisconsin on the 2023 trail. All right, getting into our next storyline. The uh, coaches poll came out earlier this week and Wisconsin was ranked at number 20. Not all that surprising, kind of right where you expected maybe the Badgers to be after a 9-4 and season. Um, projected by many outlets to be finishing at the top of the Big Ten West. What that really means, who, who knows. Um, other schools in the Big Ten uh, kind of rounding out um, the rankings. You had, uh, of course, Ohio State, who was the number two team in the country behind the University of Alabama. Your usual mainstays there at 1-2. You, of course, had the Michigan Wolverines coming off a college football playoff appearance who came in at number six in the coaches' poll. And then you had Wisconsin, or excuse me, you had Michigan State beyond them coming off of a very solid season, a bounce-back season for Mel Tucker and the Spartans coming in at number 14, and then the Badgers coming in at number 20. You had a whole host of Big Ten West teams also receiving votes in the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, Really, if you look through the rankings, number 26, Iowa would have been that team. They were the team that received the most votes. Penn State, 27, right beyond them. Minnesota, um, received votes as did Purdue. So you're looking at a whole host of teams in, in that Big Ten West, kind of in that 20 to 40 range. And, you know, what do these rankings mean on paper? Not not all that much. Whoever comes out and, and wins um, more games than they lose is going to continue to climb up the rankings, and whoever doesn't is going to, you know, fall out of the rankings. So Wisconsin, starting at 20, I think is probably a fair assessment for them. And really a good spot. I think you've seen teams like Wisconsin who come in ranked in that 17 to 25 range are generally the teams that you know have middling expectations that uh, eventually you know kind of either grow into more and end up being a surprise team or kind of hang around that area. So I think when you've seen Wisconsin kind of be overhyped and being you know a top five team, a number four team, you know that season kind of have that big collapse pressure all on there. I think. Number 20 is, is right where you want to be. You're respected enough, but you're not getting too much preseason hype like uh, some other schools across the country. You know, there's a lot of teams right now, at least in, at this point in August 10th, that are kind of living on, you know, hype, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> USC Trojans being one of them, um, you know, coming in at number 15 in the country, a, a future Big Ten team in that regard. So what do the rankings mean? Really not of that much. It's just kind of a starting spot. And if you win your games, uh, especially in the Big Ten, you win your games, you you know, you know win enough of them, you get to the Big Ten title game, and you win that, you'll be in the college football playoff. doesn't really matter who it is. So we'll see how the Badgers and, and continue to fare moving forward on that. But a good starting spot for them at number 20. All right, now we'll go ahead and get into some news and notes Um, in terms of what's going on at fall camp. So I'm sure most of you who listen to this podcast are very in tune that Wisconsin got underway at fall camp last week. They had some practices open in the media. They had media day the day before practice. Really in terms of the media day, of course, I wasn't able to be there in person, but it sounded like if you listen to the Paul Chris presser, a lot of the same discussion and coach speak that you'll hear from him from time to time. Um, he, he was asked about Andy Vujinovic in, in classic fashion, talking about the punter as one of the first questions. 
Um, he was asked about uh, Graham Mertz and his development, talked a little bit about how he wants to just see him, you know, kind of trust himself to play football, that he's got more responsibility on him, but wants to see him kind of move forward in that next step, as everyone does. I mean, we all want to see Graham Mertz kind of progress to what he thinks he can be, because that means this team likely takes a big step forward. And if he doesn't, you know, you're looking at this team probably maybe has reached their ceiling. We saw what they did last year with Graham Mertz and the way he played. If he can be better, um, this team can be better. And that's really, that's there's no other really way to look at it. That's just kind of how things go. The better quarterback play you have, the more likely you are going to win games. And you've got good pieces around him. So we'll see how that goes moving forward. But other than that, in terms of speaking, that was there wasn't really anything that really stood out. What what I'm more interested in when you talk about fall camp and, and opening up is for that to be open to the media. And of course, last year I was able to go to a couple of practices. You get to see on the field and not just you know listen to the coach speak or the preseason magazines and publications. Who's going to be playing where? How do you think they're going to fare? Yada yada yada. That's all great, and a lot of people do a great job in making those projections and, 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 and kind of trying to guess and piece it together. But until we actually see what the position coaches are going to do at their respective positions, it's hard to really buy into that too much. So in terms of when you actually get to see it on the field, I think some of the bigger storylines um, for Wisconsin is, has been the first one. We've got a new fullback in Jackson Acker formerly a running back, the kid out of Verona, which you guys probably are familiar with his name. Played a little bit last year at the tailback position, now transitioning over to fullback, so that'll be a new one. Um, but really, I think the big storyline um, out of camp in that first week was the reshuffling of the offensive line. Um, of course, Bob Bostead taking back over the offensive line room, the offensive line coach. He's you know quickly, even in spring ball, got underway with reshuffling this line to try and get it back to what you think it could be at the Wisconsin level. As, you know, kind of looking back at last year, I think many many people would look at it and say the offensive line, in terms of the output, you know, still had, in a lot of ways, a good season by a lot of college football program standards. I mean, this this group was second in the Big Ten in rushing, a top twenty five rushing offense that was paved the way, you know, by that offensive line. And, and credit to them, they did get a lot better as the season progressed especially opening up holes for the run game. Now, there's no doubt Braylon Allen, you know, vice versa, helped carry this offensive line a little bit with some of his broken runs and, and making plays out of nothing. Um, but this offensive line, in terms of what we're used to at Wisconsin, in terms of, you know, what the output you expect from a Badger offensive line, last year, more so maybe in pass blocking, wasn't quite up to snuff with what you want to see from Wisconsin. And I think Bob Bostead taking over that offensive line room is hoping to get them back to those levels. And not only that, I think if you talked about Bostad, he wants a big, mean, physical offensive line. That's what he had when he had, you know, when he was the offensive line coach previously, he had some guys on that line that were mean and not and mean and, and physical players, and that's what he wants to get back to. And he wants to make sure that he's shuffling these guys into where he best sees fit. So one of those moves to, and to kind of start that was at left tackle. Um, you know, last year Tyler Beach was the left tackle. He's now gotten moved because they're moving Jack Nelson over to take over that left tackle, who started at right guard last year for all 13 games. So with Nelson moving back out of the tackle, which I think personally is a better fit for him. Um, last year you had Beach there, 
and he was the senior, he's the upperclassman there, and so they started Nelson at right guard. But when you look at Jack Nelson, a big physical guy, I think that's where he was meant to be and moving forward is at that left tackle position. So moving him back there makes a ton of sense. Beach, of course, returns. That bumps him down to left guard. And then at center, you've got Joe Tipman there, um, who's, you know, I think one of the best Big Ten linemen in the country. Um, a really solid piece for there for Wisconsin is going to anchor that position well. So it really, you know, that kind of opened up the right side of the line to kind of be where you're kind of figuring things out. It looked like there was going to be a little bit of competition between Dan Tanner Bordellini um, and uh, Michael Fertney at right guard. Uh, it looks like Bordellini, at least to start, is going to be lining up as the number two center. Of course, we had Cormac Sampson who left the program. He was looking like he could be your backup center. But with him out of the fold, you now need that secondary guy. Bob Bost had reiterated that he wants two centers that he can trust, which means that Tanner Bordellini is, at least right now, taking snaps with the number two centers and likely going to work there, which puts Michael Fertney as your starting, most likely, you're starting right guard. So you've really got four of the spots, but all of them a little bit reshuffled. You know, Joe Tipman was kind of your, you know, your starting center. You knew that. He was your main piece. And then wherever Bob Bosa felt most comfortable with Jack Nelson is where you're going to have really your two pillar pieces that you could work around from there. Because Tyler Beach could play right tackle. They, you know, they bumped him into left guard. That's likely where he's going to be. But that means a competition at that second tackle position. It sounds like it's going to be a little bit of a competition between some high-profile guys. Um, and, of course, right tackle Logan Brown. You've got Nolan Rucci working at that position. Then you've got Riley Mallman working at that position. And so far, we've seen um, some where Brown was taking first-team snaps. Mallman is trending and taking first-team snaps. So all those guys are going to get shots throughout this camp. But uh, I know Bob Bostad in his preseason media stuff reiterated that he likes to get a player at a position and try to keep them there and not do the reshuffling, which is a very different tactic than what Joe Rudolph did in the past with Wisconsin, where he wanted his best five guys out there and he wanted them all to know the different positions where he could move guys around and be comfortable with all five and, and really four. You, you generally don't want to be shuffling your center around all that much. I know in the past couple of years, Wisconsin has had to do that. Generally, if Joe Tipman, I think if Joe Rudolph was still the offensive line coach and Joe Tipman was good to go, he was going to stay at center. But there are sometimes where injuries move that thing around, move those positions around as well. But I personally, I, I think I like the look of keeping guys pegged in at a position because instead of having to learn five different positions, you know, you've got to learn, or excuse me, four. I don't think you're going to start all of a sudden moving Jack Nelson into center if something happens. But you know, learning four different positions is a lot harder than learning and trying to be best at one. So I think this tactic will work better. I think Bob Bosted, you know, certainly knows what he's doing on that offensive line and shuffling some guys around. But who wins out of that right tackle spot is really going to be a fun one to watch because you've got three super talented players. And we're talking about Logan Brown, the highest rated recruit in Wisconsin history, a five-star guy. He's now, you know, multiple years in the program, but we haven't seen him yet. Is he going to win that job or is he going to be beat out by, you know, another five-star kid and a four-star kid in Riley Mallman um, and, and Nolan Rucci? So that's going to be fascinating to watch. Could it change over the course of the next few weeks throughout camp? Absolutely. I mean, there's no, there's no 100% set. And so I think Bob Bosett has the plan that he wants to go with. With I, It seems like at least right now he's got four guys settled on. It's that fifth spot. Um, 
and, and those guys are going to have to earn it, which is going to be a, a really fun competition to watch when you've got, you know, a five-star in Rucci, a five-star in Brown, and a four-fringe five-star kid. Who cares about the, if he's a four-star? It seems like he was a guy that could certainly be a five-star kid. You've got three really, really talented um, offensive linemen battling for one spot, and, and then you, that doesn't even consider, you know, a guy like Trey Wedig, who was a four- or five-star kid um, in the fold as well. So a lot of talent in that offensive line room. I think Bob Bosa is really trying to maximize that, and that seems to me, at least right now, the, the most interesting storyline from camp thus far. Some other notes from camp. Uh, unfortunately, some injury news to get you guys caught up on, on that front. Um, a new roster was released on the opening day uh, of fall camp. And unfortunately for the Badgers, an inside linebacker and a tight end were not on there likely due to injuries, one being Spencer Lytle at inside linebacker and one being Cam Large at tight end. So we'll start with Spencer Lytle. Um, he, of course, is a guy that was moved to inside linebacker, previously worked at outside linebacker. They moved him inside in what many thought was to get some depth there and try and get him on the field. You've got a lot to replace that inside linebacker room. And Spencer Lytle was looking like the guy that could work into that fold and, and give you some production there and, and trying to find a spot for your best guys to be on the field. Unfortunately, he went down with an injury late in spring, and it sounds like that's going to hold him out at least part of fall camp. I know some of the coaches thought he might be able to go a little bit in fall camp, but it doesn't sound like that's going to be the case, at least going forward for the you know the short-term future. So that is a tough blow for that inside linebacker room. He looked like a guy who had played outside linebacker, has some game experience, and could easily win one of those inside backer jobs. Now going to be kind of behind the eight ball to do that if you're not out there playing because inside linebacker, you've got a lot to replace. It's not like you've got, you know, it's not like a situation where you've got Leo Chanel on the inside and you can, you know, kind of have another inside linebacker bring, you know, kind of be brought along by Leo Chanel or Jack Sanborn. No, you're replacing both of them and and you're going to need to have your best two guys out there. In order to determine who your best two guys out there, I think you've got to have guys available for fall camp. And that's not a knock on Spencer Light. I'm sure he wants to be out there and making plays, but whoever's getting the reps and and you know showing the coaches that hey, it's my spot to, you know, to win is likely going to be um, you know, the guy that's out there. So, we'll see how the the Badgers fare. Um, in that inside linebacker room, but certainly a tough blow from a guy that looked at least right, you know, on paper to be a guy ready to compete, um, you know, for for one of those jobs. In terms of injury news, another tough one for the Badgers in the tight end room, a room that unfortunately for the Badgers has just been you know, plagued with injuries over the last, not even last year, the last few years. It seems like every year this tight end room has had just really bad injury luck. And not just you know nagging aches you know aches and pains you know serious injuries and unfortunately for um, tight end Cam Large you know former former three star kid you know if you've been familiar with him um, he's a player that was one of the higher ranking recruits in terms of his time at uh, at Paul Chris so um, under Paul Chris I should say in the recruiting department so he sounds like uh, he went down with a right injury a right knee injury last Wednesday at camp. Um, of course, previously Cam Large was working back from a torn ACL in that right knee, uh, suffered during that Purdue game. So Cam Large likely, it wasn't confirmed that it was, again, that same ACL, but it is that same right leg that he went down with, and he will be ruled out, um, has been ruled out, and, and will be out indefinitely. Um, if you read between the lines of, of, a coach, of a coach saying out indefinitely, that likely means it's a pretty serious injury. Um, and so likely he's not going to be a player 
that is available for Wisconsin and, and anywhere in the near future. And that's a tough blow to the tight end room when you look at a room that's trying to replace Jake Ferguson. You've got Jack Eschenbach, a guy that's dealt with injuries in his own right throughout his career. He seems healthy, ready to go, and it's going to be one of your top guys. It was one positive note in, in that tight end room. Clay Cundiff was back. Wisconsin football account tweeted out a video of him making a play, which was great to see. He, of course, suffered that gruesome knee injury and leg injury, had a ton of, of damage in that leg um, in that Iowa game, and he was really looking like a guy that was emerging as a potential at that tight end room. Um, so that's a, a tough blow for the Badgers moving forward in that regard. Um, yeah, but, but really this tight end room, Cam Large, looked like a guy that could – could earn his keep and, and take that next step. Um, but to suffer, you know, one knee injury, come all the way back, fight through that, and then possibly have another, you know, serious leg injury um, is, is a really tough blow for them moving forward. So hopefully he can get back on the field soon. Hopefully it's not as serious as his last injury, but we wish the best for Cam Large moving forward as that's just a, a really tough blow to that, to the morale of that tight end room moving forward. Especially because you, you're looking for pass catchers all over this offense with so much to replace. And speaking of pass catchers, we've got some clips that came out from Dean Ingram and uh, Skylar Bell, who are looking like they're making some plays in the passing game. There's been a lot of talk this offseason about the wide receiver room, who was going to step up, who was going to be the guy. And it looks like Dean Ingram, he had a really nice play on a deep ball from Graham Mertz. And then today... Um, you know, I'm recording this on a Wednesday. Skylar Bell at practice this morning made a phenomenal one-handed catch, and there's been multiple reports that he's been a guy that's been making plays throughout camp. And I think that that does. If you follow recruiting, that doesn't surprise many of you. I think Skylar Bell was a guy that came into Wisconsin, maybe not ranked as high as he should have been, and hopefully can make a splash for moving forward at that wideout room. Very talented kid. Was, was, I think, pretty highly recruited. Iowa, Wisconsin, multiple Big Ten schools in the fold there. Um, ended up in Wisconsin and is already making plays and getting opportunities. So I think this wide receiver room will be better than what it looks like on paper. You know, there's not a ton of production returning, but if you follow the recruiting, you follow that this team, what they have on this roster, I think it's a lot better than what maybe some of the national outlets are making it seem to be, which is really um, exciting to see. We've, we've seen, it's not a knock on Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor over the years, but we saw them from early in their career as freshmen up until, you know, guys opting into extra year. That's five years where you've seen those guys on the roster. Now, all of a sudden, you know, we've seen a little bit of Chimray DK, but now you're starting to finally get to see some new faces in a wideout room, which I think is, is, a, is a cool spot to see. And uh, hopefully Skylar Bell continues to produce as hopefully does uh, Dean Ingram, because I think that move from him from quarterback over to wide receiver could hopefully be a big difference maker on that side of the ball. Moving on down the line, I've talked a lot of offense and we'll continue to do so here as we'll talk a little bit about the running get back room. Um, one re really nice thing to see is Ches Malusi. It looks like he's full, full participation in fall camp. He said in the spring that he was going to be 100% ready to go. I know there were some people that were a little skeptical about that with him coming off a major knee injury, but he looks good to go. And, and from what we've seen in the limited amount of clips that they put out, he looks like he's going to be a guy that's, that's ready to produce. I think he had a really good year last year before that injury was starting to really come along right before he went down. And I don't know if he's necessarily a guy that's built to be your feature back, but when you've got Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi as a one-two punch, which we didn't get to see all that much of last year as, as, Braylon Allen started to come on, and then you all of a sudden you had the one-two punch for a little bit, and then Chaz Malusi went down. 
and then it was all put on Braylon Allen. Now that you're going to hopefully go into this year fully healthy with the two of them, I think that really changes the dynamic, not only of the, the running back room, but of this entire offense. That You have two guys that you can make plays with. Braylon Allen, your bruiser running back, Pachez Belusi, a guy that you can use in the passing game, um, out of the backfield, catching balls, can also be a really strong runner. It's, I, I think, a big game changer to have him fully ready to go and getting reps with this new offensive line, kind of reworked in this new offense, which I think we continue to forget about. This is going to be a little bit newer of an offense. The principles and the foundations of the offense, I think, are still going to be the same. But there's no doubt Bobby Ingram's put new things in uh, that he wants this offense to work on, whether it's new terminology, new plays, whatever it may be. Getting Ches Malusi in there and getting reps with that is is super important as you go move into the season, making sure that that you know kind of two headed monster between those two and, and maybe a third with Isaac Rendo. We'll have to wait and see. I know we've been talking about Isaac Rendo for years now. I don't want to get excited about him as a player until we see it, but I think there's potential there to have three really solid running back rooms and uh, and one of I think what could be one of the best running back rooms in the country if they all can get to the levels that you think you know, you can get them to. So. That's nice to see that he's a full participant in camp and I think should really change the dynamic of this offense moving forward. So right now, that's all that's really stood out at uh, camp thus far. We'll certainly have more to report on um, in terms of uh, fall camp. There'll be likely more stories. Hopefully no more injuries come out. That's always the fingers crossed, but I'm sure we'll see guys making plays. We'll see articles and stories hyping up certain guys. We'll start to get a clear picture on who will be your starting 11 on both sides of the ball here very soon as we work closer and closer to college football being back. So before we get out of here, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, college basketball. Wisconsin basketball has got some news coming for them as well. Of course, right now, if you missed it, Wisconsin is on a trip over to Paris, France, where they're going to be playing four games and uh, and participating in some uh, contests over there, as well as some sightseeing. Um, it sounds like the Badgers uh, did pick up a win today in France, uh, playing against the Paris Towers team, whatever that <laughs> whatever that means. Um, but picked up a victory, 81 to 66. It sounds like some players played really well. Chucky Hepburn, Isaac Lindsay, Jordan Davis, and Marcus Ilver combined to go 21, 12 for 21 from three in the Badgers' victory today. That is a really nice sight to see when you look at this year. This team last year really struggled to shoot the ball from deep. Um, I think the most recent memory for all of us in Wisconsin basketball is that game against Iowa State where it seemed like not a single shot could go in, especially from beyond the arc. To see them come out and go 12 for 21, I know it's a preseason game, middle of the the you know summer for college basketball is kind of a dead time, but to see them you know pick up a win over there, get some sightseeing, get some commodities you know working together. Um, and keep, get some team building exercises done is, is a really nice positive for the Badgers there. And we'll see just how that translates and continues to go um, as we get closer and closer to football season. We'll also be getting closer and closer to basketball season. Um, and I know a lot of people are excited for football, but this basketball team should be fun to see as well. Last thing here, Wisconsin, in terms of the battle for Atlantis for this up, upcoming year, the field is now set. Wisconsin will take on Dayton in that game, um, in that opening round game, which, yes, is a long ways away. But I uh, wanted to make sure you guys 
uh, get caught up on that. The rest of the field, as it sits, Kansas, NC State, so they'll play the winner or the loser of that game. USC, BYU, Tennessee, and Butler, the other teams in participation. So that should be a very fun um, battle for Atlantis um, over here coming up in November, which seems like a long ways away, but it will be here before we know it. All right, guys, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. As always, thank you for listening. I apologize again for the brief hiatus. Hopefully I give you guys a little bit of a clearer picture into what's going on behind the scenes between B5Q and B5P um, over here on the podcast. Um, I'm hoping here at some point, I'm not sure exactly when we'll transition back into two episodes a week, but of course, you know, we'll have a recap episode uh, and, and a preview episode. So once we get into the season itself, we'll have two moving forward. But for right now, we might continue with the one. We're still kind of ironing out details. So bear with us as we move forward here on the podcast. But I thank you guys for continuing to support us over here. And hopefully you continue to support on the website as well as I am the new site manager and, and trying to keep things running tightly over there as well. As always, thank you for listening. I'm Wisconsin. Thank you.